0: welcome to the organic wine podcast i'm adam huss coming to you from los angeles california thanks so much for listening i'm celebrating a bit because this is the 100th episode of the organic wine podcast by reaching this milestone i've achieved a goal that i've had for several years and that feels great but now that i've achieved it i realize this is just the beginning As I look back over the past four years of interviews and the relationships they've inspired, I'm humbled and overwhelmed with gratitude. What started from a passionate desire to use wine to help this planet has grown into a personal revolution in thinking. Rather than an education, it has been a process of unlearning what I thought I knew, a series of disillusionments that have revealed how incorrect my assumptions were about the world. I've begun to realize this is a process that will continue until the day I die. (laughs) Wine has bewitched me in a way that few other things have. It has led me on a path of reconnection with the beauty and wonder of nature and has connected me with others like my guests and like you listening now, who it has similarly enchanted. The irony may be that we think wine is this liquid that we put in bottles when it is really this magical elixir that uses us as its vessel to communicate its message to the world. This message isn't something I can tell you. If there's anything 100 episodes has taught me, it's how simultaneously powerful and limited words are. The words of a hundred different voices and perspectives may begin to point to a fraction of that message, but these words are just narrow bridges across a canyon so deep we can't see the bottom. When we speak of wine, or vines, or trees, or winemakers... Language forces us to express them as individual words, nouns. But we have come to know that they are actually vast systems of ongoing relationships. Since we are limited to this paltry language, maybe thinking of wine as a verb rather than a noun can help to be more accurate. To wine, or to vine, or to tree, is to communicate in a certain way a myriad of interconnected relationships that continuously flow through the world. We aren't actually humans, we're humaning. I think when we begin to see this and understand who we really are in connection with all of nature, we become better stewards of this world. And the wine, that verb that infuses us with a very real kind of magic, becomes more delicious. Anyway, this is what Looking Back on 100 Episodes brings out of me. Thank you, as always, for indulging my ruminations. Thank you for listening, for engaging with me, for teaching me, and for your support. My guest for this episode is Isabelle Legeron. Isabelle is the founder of the Raw Wine Festival, which, if you haven't heard of it, is the premier natural wine festival on the planet. She's also the author of the book, Natural Wine, an introduction to organic and biodynamic wines made naturally. Isabelle's career is dedicated to promoting the same farming first wine culture that I want to cultivate with the organic wine podcast. So she was a natural choice for the 100th episode. This episode starts with some personal revelations from both of us about why we do what we do. We talk about how Isabel tries to avoid dogma and debate about the winemaking that happens in the cellar and focuses instead on the need for organic farming to be the greatest priority in natural wine. I challenge Isabel about some of the limitations of natural wine, as well as her take on blind tasting, natural washing, and the benefits of participation in the RAW Festival. Isabelle is a champion of vignerons who take the risks inherent in farming and winemaking without chemicals. She forged a space for these folks in the wine world and really created a home for natural winemakers when they were misfits and outcasts from the mainstream. Now that natural wine is a bit more mainstream and perhaps a bit diluted with bandwagoners, she continues to insist on a foundation in beautiful, chemical-free farming that stewards the natural world and honors its beauty. In her words, natural wine is a gorgeous translation of what nature is capable of and that's why she continues to love and promote it enjoy isabel welcome thank you so much for doing this
1: oh it's my pleasure i'm really uh, excited to be you know on this podcast with you and 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 be able to chat all things i guess natural
0: <laughs> yeah well i mean uh, you know that is your that is the you know the, what you've become known for 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 probably for better i think you probably want that um and I'm really excited to talk to you about all of those things and, and everything that you're doing. I, I, I mean, I want to start with like a little personal note that I think you'll relate to as a way, a lead in. My, I, a month before I was born, my great-grandfather died of cancer that he and his doctor attributed to the sprays he used in his orchard. And oh. I, I've been like, my family has compared me to him in many ways. Like I, I joke sometimes that I'm, you know, partly my spirit is partly reincarnated version of him. Um, And I think I like to think that in some part, you know, that has animated me to be an advocate for a better way of farming. I know your story and journey has some similarities. And I'd, I'd love it if you'd like to share what led you into this world of natural wine and what you're doing with it.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, it's it's actually very similar, and I, you know, I'm really sorry to hear about your 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 granddad. Um, for me, I mean, it's it, in a way it's the combination of of or, or, or the crossing of of many roads. Um, one is my upbringing. That was very much, you know, I was very much a farm girl, and it was very rural, and pretty much whatever we ate, we we grew, um, and and the way I was brought up was really focused on 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 the on the rhythm of of the of the season, um or the, the the seasons. And you know, and I, I have a deep respect for nature and I love foraging and you know that's really thanks to to my parents and, and our way of life. Um and then my but I, I never really, you know, and, and I was brought up on, on a grape farm. So so we grew, you know, we farmed grapes. Um and yeah. then I just went off to university because I never thought I'd work Uh, with with my family so I I went off
0: Um,
1: and then when I was um, and then I studied a whole bunch of stuff uh, business and I ended up in London and then when I was 28 my dad died of lung cancer um, which you know is is related to to the way he he ended up farming because he when I was born uh, they, they were organic farmers and then like many people in Europe, you know, pr- progressed towards well, what they called at that time, progress, and, and swapped right. manual harvesting for machine harvested mm-hmm. uh, harvesting. And and then they started using more and more pesticides and fertilizers and, and, you know, really very heavy use of chemicals in the vineyards. And I think that's, in the end, that's what killed him. Um, and that was a little bit of my kind of w- wake-up call where I thought, you know, I really need to understand what's what's happening in in the world of farming, and I I should reconnect with my roots. Um, and I went back to studying, and I went back to studying wine. Um, ended up doing the MW, the Master of Wine, which I passed, I think, in two thousand and eight or, or nine. Um, and then very quickly, I I was looking for people who who were farming the way that I was, you know, brought up with when I was when I was a kid, and that's what led me to organic farming and and then natural winemaking.
0: Yeah. And I, I've heard you say in other places that you're militant about the farming. Would you, would you still characterize yourself that way? Like that this is what, you, what is at core. And I, I mean, what I love about your book on natural wine is that's what it starts with. That's what you emphasize. And I think that's really important. And I, I think it's probably the most overlooked part of natural wine, sadly, in the market.
1: Yes, a hundred percent, and I mean, thank you for bringing that up because I, for me, the farming is the most important part. You know, um, I, I at the very beginning, I would say fifteen, maybe a bit plus years ago, I was like, really, everybody has to drink natural wine. Um, and now I'm like, everybody has to farm organically because that's the most important. Right. You know, the, the way the wine is made uh, in in the vin in the in the winery is, I think, it's more of a stylistic question um and and a choice as to how, how you want your wine to taste like but organic farming shouldn't shouldn't be a choice you know we should all be farming organically um because that's what's important and and i think if you you know for me that stems from a, a deep respect of of the living you know i really really fundamentally respect nature and and the, the, the great order of nature and the beauty of nature uh plants animals for me that that's incredibly important, and and farming organically is, at the very minimum, is 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 a way of respecting, you know, this greater order and this harmony, um, and 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 life, you know, life in the soil, life in the vines, life around it, um, and 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 yes, we should, you know, you, you, we can't talk about natural wine without talking about um, organic farming.
0: Yeah, I, I'm. I mean. And yet, it, it happens all the time. Sadly, I mean, I know for you and I, that's we we never separate those two. It, I I wish that was the case out in the world as well. But we'll get into that. Um, yeah, yeah I
1: mean, I, I, it's it's, it, it's a sad sad state of affair that now we we talk about natural wine, uh, you know, mostly because it looks funky against a luminous background and it's Instagrammable um, and it's cloudy and in a clear glass bottle.
0: <laughs> this is right so, exactly it, right that
1: wind to that conversation which is a bit of a shame
0: yeah yeah no i, I like you i really don't care what you do in the cellar and I, I mean i the way i put it it's like that's a personal philosophical choice but the the choices you make in the vineyard are global or vineyard or orchard wherever you're you know wherever you're getting your fruit are global and environmental and you know affect everyone on earth um and, and you know and all nature i how I mean, since you since we're going down this direction, it sounds like you've you've your perspective has evolved. Can you talk about how your perspective has changed over the last you know ten years or so, or you know since you started down this road, and maybe even just you know what what from your perspective is the state of natural wine now? Yeah,
1: I would say maybe fifteen years. You know, over the past fifteen years, um, well, I think I think I've re- I've realized you know that i guess i've i've become more more informed and uh, realized the the importance of farming very simply by you know by tasting you know because i think if you you know apart from the value of pollu- you know of non, non, you know using not non non pollutant farming practices and regenerative farming and and so on but i think if you love wine and actually if you taste wine you realize that the greatest wines uh, come from the greatest vineyards and the greatest farmers. Um, it's, it's it's very simple, and I think you, you know we talk about the debate of of whether you should you know add sulfites or not sulfites, and w- which again are you know you know for, for me are not that important. I mean, don't get me wrong, guys. <laughs> I drink very specific wines and I drink wines that are alive. And actually I don't drink wines that have uh, more than 30, 40 parts per million of total sulphides, but that's my personal choice. But I realized that in order to make really amazing, long-lived, terror driven wines, you need to have a, a farming that is, that is really impeccable. You know, you need to, 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 to protect your soil life. You need to protect the 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 biodiversity in in your vineyard and and so I think from from that it's for me you know apart from again we're not we're not even talking about you know the environmental um, side of this conversation but but from a from a wine lover's perspective if you love wine and if you want to taste really great wine from a from a taste perspective you realize that you know um, it has to be it has, you know, the, the wine comes from the, from, from the farming and, and nowhere else. You can't lie, you know, and, and, yeah. and I've seen, you know, having followed growers for the past, you know, many years. And, and, and I buy a lot of wine and I sell her a lot of wine, uh, nat- natural wines, wines made without any sulfides. And when I follow their journey and I taste year after year, you realize that the work that they're putting into the vineyards really pays off and, 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 and it really speaks you Know in 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 it, it does translate in, in in the glass, um, so I think it's 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 a combination of 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 multiple things, um, but I i, I guess I value more and more that you know the, the the yeah, the work in the vineyard and then the respect for nature and how that goes hand in hand with producing great wines,
0: yeah, it's well, and and that's the thing, I, I think the a lot of people approach national wine from. The bottle and the glass. Uh, You know, I mean, obviously, as a consumer, most consumers come that way. Not everybody is a wine vineyard owner or wine wine grower. Um, But maybe the analogy that makes the most sense is sort of you. We. we, It's very easy for us to understand how the best food starts with the best ingredients. And if you personally are growing a garden of fresh tomatoes and peppers and all you know herbs and all the things that you love and you're growing it organically and then you bring it into the kitchen and you put it all into the blender and then bake it and then filter it (laughs) and then like you know you're like why did you go to the problem you know the trouble of growing all these beautiful fruits and vegetables if you're just gonna process the hell out of them you know it's like of course when you do that process as a chef you you as a cook you want to highlight those flavors you want to pare down and use the freshness and beauty of your produce to, to be the highlight of the meal, because it's so delicious on its own. Like that's what, that's the, the quality and the pleasure that comes from eating that food. And, you know, I think it's a really good analogy for wine. I think a little bit of what you're saying is that it's like, we don't have to focus on the, the production side of the wine, but if you have great farming, that's just gonna come naturally because you don't wanna mess with a beautifully farmed fruit, you know, when you mm-hmm. turn it into wine, uh, you wanna showcase all that beautiful farming. Um,
1: but also, you know, I, I, also I think the, for me, the, the greatest natural wine producers or low intervention wine producers, you know, even if they add a little bit of sulfides and the greatest farmers are also really, you know, really nice people. People who really respect nature, people you can sit down and have a conversation with, you know, honest people. I think, I think, you know, making great natural wine is also is is, is a journey of the heart more than a, a journey of of the head, uh, because I think you really have to trust nature more, you, you know, more than anything else. Uh, you have to trust that, you know, if you put the work in the vineyard, then you'll get, you know, the crops. And of course, there's the challenges of, of Weather conditions and so on. So I'm not I'm not minimizing those at all. Um, and then you bring in your grapes, and then and then you have to trust that the microbiology will do its work, and and that time will do its work. Um, and I think it's so 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 also making great great natural wines or you know wines with very low intervention with organic farming is 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 a hard journey, and and um, and I think that's also really important. Um, it's you know it's 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 more than a choice you know because it's full of risks and and you have to be prepared to take all those all those risks and and lose everything like i mean mean, you're a winemaker so so you know you produce wine so you know you know exactly the the, oh
0: yeah
1: (laughs) any single time
0: um hair pulling stresses of uh yeah whether you're going to screw something up or you know or whether something's going to go wrong or right um yeah absolutely well, and you, I mean, and this brings up, you've you have used the term low intervention a couple times now. What are your thoughts about that? I mean, I, you know, obviously we, we can use it sort of casually, but is it, are you happy with that term? Do you wish there was a better term?
1: Well, I mean, we, look, you, you know, I'm... So I wrote a book called Natural Wine. So I'm you very happy with the term natural wine and I use the term natural wine. But for me, natural wine means, you know, a wine which has been made, you know, with organic grapes and without using any additives um, and, you know, harsh processes. Um, So it's like 100% grape juice, Um, you you know, there are some wines, like wines that, Come to to the fair. organized, you know, uh, raw wine. Um, that will add people will add sulfites, and um, f- for me, these are you know low intervention organic and and and, and biodynamic wines.
0: You no, know, I meant I meant the term low intervention. I don't know. Yeah, I, I've, I think- I've been thinking. Natural one, yeah. I wasn't really. I mean, we can get into that for sure. But I, I just meant the term no, low uh, intervention. You're...
1: Yeah, I mean, I well, I, look, I I use it all the time. I've never really thought it was a problematic oh, okay. Term, I think it's quite it's quite clear. Um, no, I don't have a I don't okay. have, that, but, but it needs to be defined. You know, it's it's the same as.
0: Well, that was my you, intervention,
1: yeah. you know, but what do you mean by, by, by natural wine? I mean, that's, and, and we can go back to the beginning of your, of your question, which was, you know, what's the state of, of play or, or how things, yes. are and yes. you know, my, I, I guess, I guess if you look back 15, even 10 years ago, where making natural wine for producers,
0: you know was it was
1: it was a it was a big deal because actually finding a market was a really big deal and if if you run a business which when you run a vineyard and you make wine you you, you run a business, you have to find customers and ten twelve years ago it was really hard to find customers whereas now it's a lot easier and I think as a result you know natural wine has become you know a marketing buzzword, which is why we're seeing a lot of you know, which is why we're saying everybody's you know, not everybody but people are encouraged to bottle their wines in clear glass, where, you know, you know that clear glass, well, you can't use recycled glass to make a clear glass bottle. So so by the sheer nature of, of using clear glass, it costs more to the environment, it's more expensive. But yet this is kind of the where we're going, uh, in terms of, of you know, natural wine being so beautiful, insagrable and, and funky and so on. And and that's for me that's a shame because we are losing we are losing the, the the heart of what natural wine is, you know, which is as sustainable as possible. Uh we should we should talk about the farming and the work in the vineyard. It shouldn't just be, oh, I'm making natural wine, I've got a very colourful, funky label and I've got a clear glass and therefore it's natural wine and it will sell. Um and I think that's a little bit the danger at the moment. And it's encouraged by everybody, you know, it's not just the wine drinker, it's also the distributors, it's also it's it's the whole chain because everybody wants to sell their wines, but I think we need to sort of pull back a little bit and, and remember what a great natural wine is, you know, even if it's under, if, if the label looks very classic and the bottle uh, is not transparent, but you know, the wine <laughs> is great. Um, yeah. And there's, there should be a market for that. And and that's becoming more difficult for these growers to, to sell their wines. You know, if they are more yeah. on the kind of classic looking uh, packaging, for example.
0: Do you- do you think we need a definition for natural wine, or do you think that this could be solved by just requiring ingredients listing?
1: I don't know if like, is transparency
0: like... all we really need.
1: I mean, I know you're you obviously you're you know you you you're, you're, you're um, a proponent of ingredient listing, and I, I mean, so am I. I think we should have both. In a way, I don't yeah. understand why we've never required. Um, Wine, not not to not to have ingredients listing. You know, yeah. it's, it yeah. doesn't make any sense. It's the only food stuff um, really out there where where you, you have no idea of what you're That's buying. So I think that would be really helpful. And and we we should demand it as consumers. We should demand that we know exactly what we're consuming. Um, it should be a right. And yes, I think there should be a definition for natural wine. Absolutely. And I know a lot of people are against the definition, but I I personally quite like clarity.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It seems like it would help. I mean, and, and I, I, I mean, I've started using the term natural washing because of, you know, the things that you're talking about where it's like just lack of transparency and relying on sort of a reputation or just marketing to be able to be included in a group that they, you know, that really if there was definition you'd be excluded from. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I see that a lot. <laughs> I I've, I'm seeing it more and more. Like you said, these days it's, it's, uh, it's really interesting. I, I love that you think about things like glass bottles. That you think holistically about the whole. Like natural wine means more than you know, so much more than just what you're talking about. Like these values tr- transcend into the whole supply chain and and you know all the logistics involved. I, I you know, me too. This is the way I think. Really, I, I might, yeah. yeah, I, I might I, have some good news for you. I think there's new. There's 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 I just heard about some new uh, technology that allows pretty much the collection of any bottles um to be and label removal and washing at a at a fraction of the carbon cost of of you know creating new bottles so and and it would allow for any bottle basically to be returned and reused um through mm. through the system so that's amazing I think, yeah there's a real
1: shortage, As you know, there's a real shortage. And, and I know that certain growers have to buy one, two, three years worth of glass in advance just to be guaranteed a price point and, yeah. and stock,
0: yeah.
1: um, which is really insane. Yeah, um, but cause... I thought there was issue uh, in terms of washing it so it meets the, the regulations. And that was the, the biggest sort of um, blockage in terms of that technology. But it's great if it's... Yeah,
0: so. it, it seems like they might have figured it out. I mean I'm talking to a company right now that I hope to sort of highlight on the show so I'll keep you posted <laughs> I'll keep everybody posted yeah
1: That's amazing. and you know the carbon footprint is 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 and and, and the journey is, is really important and having a look at, holistically at what's going on I think is really important I mean we we had an audit uh of our fair but you know that was just before um it was just before covid but we had an audit in terms of what was our carbon footprint um like organizing an event in New York with everybody traveling to new york and and, and so on and I mean of course it's you know it's it's, it's pretty heavy um yeah. I, I don't remember exactly the the the, 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 the data now um, but we started down down that journey because I think it's important for any businesses to understand w- what we're doing you know like that's why we stopped printing catalogs because they were so heavy on the environment from a paper perspective from a weight perspective from a transport perspective and develop you know, an online sort of technology so that people could take their own notes and 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 all of that. That was as a result of realizing that what we were doing was was quite um, was quite heavy. Um, yeah. We also did a lot of audits with our growers in terms of the whole journey from 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 the production to shipping samples to coming to the fair. Um, you know, how can they offset that? You know, that carbon and and so that's something that I'm actually really interested interested in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, I, I'll be curious. I, I would love to find out what you find out about carbon offsets. My The people I've talked to who have really looked into this have found it's it's very dubious in most cases. If you try to get auditing on a lot of these things, it's very, very difficult. And, and there's a lot of unknowns still. Um, so mm-hmm. a lot of that carbon offset stuff seems like we should be super skeptical of it. I'll just throw that out there but i'd be very curious to hear if you find anything different than that because
1: oh you mean in terms of uh, like planting trees or what do, what well
0: do you the, mean? to to actually like i mean there's lots of companies that offer it and then if you follow their sort of auditing to find out what is behind what you're paying for it's their the substance behind it is lacking in a lot oh, of cases yeah. and and it's not auditable and and whether you're actually doing anything good with that money that you're paying for that carbon offset is, is yeah. questionable yeah
1: so, yeah, no, that's true and i mean it's become another business so
0: <laughs> exactly right right yeah well let me ask you a, a sort of a hard question because i you know i come from natural wine from uh from you know southern california <laughs> which is a unique place and one of the one of the problems and and you've you've mentioned that you know as in talking about wine right now, you've used the word grapes and vineyards. And, you know, for example, I use prickly pears in some of my wines. And so it's, and I also don't own my vineyard. So the farming that I, you know, what I can do is support the kind of farming that I want to support with the dollars by buying those grapes. But it does, you know, it it seems to me that natural wine grew out of a European model that was very grape centric and very climate oriented to, to that area and if you it it, for example i i see a lot of people trying to make natural wine in california and this is getting into some sort of technical chemistry stuff with winemaking but it's very difficult to achieve ripeness with the kind of ph that is necessary to make a, a natural wine that's stable and sound in california especially in certain areas some some coastal areas it's much easier but like any of the warmer areas it can be very difficult, especially if you're not if it's not your own vineyard. If you don't get to choose what gets planted there, if you're, you're relying on purchased fruit from even somebody that's farming organically, I, I wonder to what extent you know is is does natural wine limit really where you grow and what what you grow essentially to make it? Because I mean, the other I was throwing that out there with uh, prickly pears, which like the. the the chemistry of prickly pears is insane. It's like sort of like adding water. You know, it's trying to ferment water with sugar in it. Um, so it's it's very difficult to not have that just spoil instantly um, if you just let it ferment on its own. Mm. Uh, so I and and I mean, I'll just throw this out there. What I love about natural wine is that it it has really made a whole new generation of people question the way we define wine. Like, it's really opened people's eyes to. You know, it isn't just this Eurocentric, uh, grape centric thing. And, but with that, I think we're bringing in a whole lot of other variables that it, you know, that natural wine is difficult to, it's, it's difficult to keep the reins on within the realm of natural wine without some sort of supportive, what I would call supportive winemaking to ensure that the wine doesn't literally just become vinegar or, or something like that. I'd just love to hear your thoughts about those, those kind of issues with natural wine.
1: I mean I think I think a lot of people do do it pretty well though in in, in California I mean
0: oh yeah oh yeah no, not not to fruits, yeah
1: who who you know manage to source source the fruit I mean I think I think probably the most successful ones in terms of the quality uh, I feel may, maybe could be the, the the people who are actually involved in the farming themselves so 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 they farm the 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 vineyards themselves and then you know, obviously do the picking and and, and the winemaking. But I think that there's an exciting uh, generation of of growers who are are farming amazingly well, even if it's not their own vineyards and then managing to make, you know, 100% natural wine or maybe adding some, you know, a bit of sulfides. But in terms of, are you referring to like rectifying acidity and things like this? Or because I think a lot of people are managing it without having to rectify acidity. Um, with picking dates, maybe sites, maybe yeah. different, different, different <laughs> varieties.
0: Well, if I was, yeah, I mean, the way I would put it is some sometimes it seems like you have a choice between making natural wine or making good wine um, because of the, the, the chemistry of the fruit. Like, I mean, I looked at a vineyard that's certified organic that I know some natural winemakers use. I'm not sure what they're doing. Maybe they're blending with other grapes. But if it was my only source, I mean, the pHs at harvest are so high at, even at very low bricks. So it's like, you know, if if you want to have a balanced wine, you already have a pH that's like close to four, which is essentially like really unstable. Like it's going to become vinegar. It's going to have a lot of issues. Um, and so, and there's no way to pick it, which is, you know, sort of the timing of the pick is really, if you're not going to add acid or something else is really the only control that you have and there's no way to pick it like you could pick it green and you would have the right pH but essentially once it goes through and it's dropping acid so fast because it's a hot climate and so you know that person let's say I'm the owner of that vineyard my choice there would be either to not make natural wine or to just make crappy wine if I decided to be strictly natural and and so that's this is where I think like natural wine may be limited to specific areas like it might might be much more limited than just like you can do natural wine anywhere it seems like it could specific be necess it might necessitate that you have specific parameters in your wine and the and the region that you're growing
1: your <laughs> yeah but maybe that also begs the question of of, much, wi- <laughs> of a much wider um i guess context is is you know if if you didn't have all the all the tools in the box um, you know, White I do believe there. that a lot of a lot of a lot of grapes shouldn't be grown where they're growing and a lot of grape <laughs> varieties shouldn't be grown where they're growing. And there's a lot of sites that are not suitable for, 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 for winemaking.
0: making. Yep. yep. So, nope, uh, totally agree. Totally agree. This yeah, is yeah. Like- <laughs> Yeah, This is like the conversation I have with with people talking about organic on the East Coast. And they're like, well, you know, sometimes like organic, you know, farming organically is worse than just, you know, maybe three sprays of a, of a systemic chemical fungicide. And I'm like, okay, great, maybe so. But then it begs the question of like, maybe we just shouldn't be growing grapes that need to be sprayed at all in those regions. You know, like, why, why do we have to do great you know why do we have to grow this here like why is this a necessity that we we farm with chemicals in order to do it like why why don't we grow something that doesn't need that yeah so i i take your point that's actually
1: but I, but i think you know to go back to your, your 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 question about uh is natural wine a a european model i mean there are plenty of regions in in europe where you know the, the, the you know the wrong grape variety, so to speak, has been planted just because it's fashionable and it's, it looks better on 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 a label. Uh, so, in that sense, you know, it's not that dissimilar. If you look at Greece, you know, and the amount of European grape varieties that were planted there, and you know, for for, for and for what reason, or what purpose, um, I, and and I think equally in 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 California, there are plenty of sites and old grapes and Mediterranean grapes, and and I think we. It's just as, as, a, as a as a society, as, a, as as consumers, you know, we've we've wanted the the chardonnays and the pinot noirs and the merlots and the cabernet sauvignons um, rather than focus on sancerre and carignan and and, and grenache and, and grenache of, of all colors are, that, that yeah. are actually really adapted, or mission that is really adapted to to to, to the Californian landscape. And, and but you know on on the on the other hand, you know, I mean, I I know of plenty amazing growers in in california that do a terrific work in the vineyard and 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 manage to make natural wine and you, you know so i think i think you, you i think it's not just a european
0: no <laughs> no no yeah. I, I and um, i if i could characterize what you're saying i think it's really beautiful which is you need to like it it, it has to take in a, a much more holistic perspective like you you know it's we need to be thoughtful about what we're planting, where we're planting like this, these, that ethos is part of it as uh, part of this idea is part of what goes into it. It's like growing the right thing in the right place as well. It's not like you can just slap on a winemaking style onto anything grown anywhere. It, you have to th- be thoughtful about from the, from the get go, from wh- when you're planting and, and picking a site to plant. Um, but also.
1: Uh, also, sorry, but you, no, you know, I think I think we, you know, look, we're in a way we're pioneers, and in, in, you know, in in what I consider myself a a, a pioneer in, in some in some respect, um, and and I think a lot of a lot of natural wine producers are pioneers, and and they're they're brave women and brave men who who also go go against the, the 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 tide and decide that actually, you know, no Carignan is not maybe not very sexy or Sinso is probably not very sexy, but actually this is what 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 I need to, to be able to achieve a natural wine, uh to, to 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 make wine without resourcing to, you know, added acid or or whatever it is. And and I think this is this is what's really amazing about the, the natural wine scene, whether you're in California or Australia. Canada or, or France or, or anywhere is 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 that we are, you know, we we're also choosing grapes and sites that have um, history that are meant to be there, that you know we're championing in a way grape varieties obscure grape varieties in a way that that were never championed before, uh, because we we acknowledge that if these grapes have been around for hundreds of years in that particular site is because actually they're really well adapted and we're not trying to sort of necessarily, you know, follow consumer trends and, and, and so on, because this is not what it's about. It's, it's, it's about following nature. And it's, it's about, it's about being at one with nature and and listening to what's going on hmm. in that vineyard on, 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 on the ground. And and that, but that takes being brave, and and particularly, you know, like 15, 20 years ago, that took being very brave. Um, but you know, st- still now, you, you you are swimming against the tide. But uh, thankfully, now the the, the consumer, or the wine drinker, the wine lover, or however you want to, you know, call, call call it is is more adventurous, and now believe, you know, they believe more and more in 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 ethical businesses and environmental values. So they're more prepared to follow, you know. So it's getting easier to get people to drink a Sancerre or a Carignan than it was ten years ago. Um, but but that move is still very brave, and 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 that's also what I really love about about all the all the growers and and makers who who produce these wines. Is that, you know they are really they're incredibly brave and, and 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 modest, and 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 I think that's and that's what it takes, you know, to to just decide that actually I'm not going to make another. I'm not going to use that site because it's got Cabernet Sauvignon and it's not really adapted to what I want to be doing. I don't know yeah. I think also, you know, that's also yeah. the values are important.
0: Yeah, I, no, absolutely. I I I love that. <laughs> um I mean I I still have a challenge with with some non-grape fruits like it, it is one thing to pick the right variety but you know, I I mean I, this is just this is just, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a an, a very edge case, but some a, and and look, I'm learning them at the beginning of, of of learning how to work with prickly pears. But you know, I'm this is a fruit that is native to here, that grows well here, whether it rains or not, uh, without sprays. So it's like a very, you know, it's it's a beautiful mm. fruit, I think, in many ways. However, its chemistry ain't great for winemaking. Um, maybe that means I shouldn't be making wine with it. You know, that's a be- that's a question. <laughs> that's a, that's a potential. <laughs>
1: I'm sure there's some <laughs> indigenous, you know, indigenous Californians who, who who used it for some, in some ways, and managed to make to make booze out of it. So I think you just need to. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: no, I'm looking into that for sure. It's definitely it's definitely been used for sure. I mean, it's got you know very old names in Central Mexico and the yeah. south Africa for sure. So it, I
1: did. It reminds me of a, um, I did a stint in in the Caribbean a few years ago. I was working on putting together the, the, the wine list in a, in a, like an eco resort and a natural wine list, which was really amazing in Senkits. And, um, and I was there, you know, week, two weeks at a time, uh, like every two months. And one of, cause one of my other passion is, is making Vermouth or bitters and things. So I, I actually fermented, I went around the Island and I bought everything that I had no idea what it was at the market or collected. Cause we, we weren't a big it was a big, big plot of land and, and the owner was fanatical about planting fruits. And I fermented everything there, you know, from pineapple to, uh, well, obviously coconut and then with all sorts of local spices and barks and, and, and so on. And, and I'm with you, you know, some some fruits fermented beautifully and I could do something with it. And then others were just, was just yeah. flat out, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: revolting on its own. So then right. I mean it was something you could try because one of the fruit that didn't ferment very well, I made like a port style and I, I basically stopped the fermentation very early on with, um, with local rum. Uh
0: huh. Yeah.
1: Um, and that was actually quite, uh, I was in, in, in a way that became one of our signature dish, um, drinks and it was quite, quite, quite delicious.
0: Yeah, no, this is, I, I've definitely thought about that. It might be one of the old ways that they used to make it was fortifying it. Um, I'm, so i definitely looking into that. But yeah, the, no. Well, ice,
1: cream, ice cream, you know, Prickly Pears makes an I should speak to Derek at the All World Winery. He makes the best um, ice cream out of Prickly Pears. Yes, I, I had
0: some. I, he, he shared some with me. I know. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's an amazing thing. Like I, I, you know, don't get me started on Prickly Pears. I think it should be grown much more widely in California. Mm. It's perfect mm. for it here. It's, you know, it's native here and, it does much better than grapes with our climate in many areas um, and is seriously useful. The seed oil is incredible. Uh, the, you know, the, the fibers from it are incredible. So it's, it's just like the whole plant, you can eat it, drink it, yeah, the whole know. thing, <laughs> put it on, you know, cook with it. It's amazing. Um, I, so I, this is just a, something I've been thinking about lately. You're a master of wine. You had to go through a whole process of being Giving a lot of time and resources and energy and money to blind tasting and being tested on that and needing to pass that to become a master of wine, I'm I'm a I'm anti blind tasting. I'll just be very upfront about that because I think it, it decontextualizes wine. It's I'm not sure how it has any practical use. I know that the mindfulness that it brings is great, and that you know being learning how to. Carefully taste is great. I don't know that we need to have like the two main wine certifications, the Court of master sommeliers and master of wine dedicate so much time for people who are just learning about wine to this practice. I I think it's a a huge waste and there are much better things that people could spend their time on. I'm just being totally upfront to you. Um, What are your thoughts? Have you ever considered that? Have you thought about, (laughs) like, do, do you see any benefit in it? You know, does blind tasting, has it helped you in any way? Do you find it, do you think it should continue as a thing that we spend so much time on?
1: Yeah, I mean, A, you know, the Master of Wine is, is not just about blind testing. Oh, know, definitely
0: not. Yeah, yeah, no, for it's sure. It's
1: all part of, of, of the qualification. Um, but, but you, I mean,
0: can, you can fail if you don't pass. I mean, you can be prevented I mean, from getting it's, certified it's, if you don't yeah, pass yeah, the blind test. It's
1: basically. part of it. Yeah, for sure. But look, I mean... I, I actually loved uh, studying for the, for, for the Master of Wine and I actually ac- excelled at, <laughs> at the blind tasting. I was, I was the best in my, uh, in, in my year and I got the Madame Boulanger Award for it. Uh, um, because, um, and, and why, I thought, why I think it's useful and I actually still use it um, is because when you have no information and you only have you know, what's in front of you or what's in your palate, um, and when you become very, very, very good at it, and you can, you know, you can taste the wine, and 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 then, and then in your head, you know, you know, you know how much alcohol, the level of tannins, the type of tannins, if they're wood tannins, or if they're fruit tannins, what kind of fruit tannins they are. Um, you you just you just learn a lot about wine in a very very different way. And I think to some extent, you know, the 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 natural wine world, I think could could actually have more. Classical uh, t- a training, because when you know, when you have to taste so many vintage ports that you understand what vintage blind you're tasting and why, uh, because of that the you know that particular year was was, was particularly hot and you know or, or, or whatever. Yeah, you, I, I think it gives you a classical training and a classical understanding of of wine, and of course, I'm not talking about. You know, of course, a lot of the wines we taste, most of the wines, by all of the wines we taste, you know, would have had you know added yeast and so on. So, so you do have that to take into consideration. But I think it's incredibly useful to have to have your some classic knowledge of 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 of, of wine. Um, and I think the blind tasting is 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 just an exercise that helps you get under the skin of of of, of wine. Um, it has its limitation, like I said, because we're looking at you know quite a conventional way of of, of making wine. Yeah. Um, but it's I, I, I find it really useful, and I actually really enjoyed it. Um, and it's it's you know blind tasting in the MW format is a very intellectual exercise because you taste the wine and then you have to write pretty much two or three A four A four sheets. Um, as to why you think that why wine comes from that particular place so you have to you know you have to write an an argumentation but in order to be able to write this argumentation you have to know you know the acidity profile of all your grape varieties you have to know the the the, the tannic profile of all your grape varieties you have to to have an understanding of of climate uh, in 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 different regions and and the kind of terroir and so on so it's not you know it's not just about blind testing and say oh this is a Cabernet Franc or Cabernet Sauvignon from whatever. It's it's about acquiring the, the 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 theory behind it in order to argue your case for why you think this is that that wine. So it's the whole knowledge base behind the blind tasting, which is really fascinating because it has yeah. you learn a lot about about, you know, about your classic.
0: That makes and, sense. I, and I actually, you know, <laughs> it is fun. I'll that. definitely grant that it is fun. <laughs> I enjoy and
1: when, it. When it is, and it is fun. But also, you know, don't you think that that I don't know? Sometimes I'm in front of somebody who's pouring me a, a wine, and if you know, and and yes, I you know very often you know wine sommeliers or servers or you, you know are very they're very knowledgeable about that, that particular wine and how that wine is made. But I find that often. I don't know I think I think sometimes there's just a lack of of understanding of of you know more classic regions which which I think is essential because if you, even if you just want to work with natural wine you know you know I've had to learn all all the burgundy cru's and tastes through all of them and different vintages and same with bordeaux and even though I would never drink a glass of you know, Margaux ever again, but you know, knowing what it tastes like, I think is, I think it's just part of the education, and I think it gives you, it gives you an understanding and a, and a knowledge and a, and a perspective on, on on wine. So, I'm not saying everybody should do it because it's, you know, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a bitch to do. It it requires years of training and and discipline. But I personally, actually, really, I'm really happy I did it.
0: Okay, and good. It gives me a lot. So. All right, no, I, I hear you, go. yeah. <laughs> look,
1: you know, these, such, a, such, a classic, um, uh, such a classic institution created, you know, me.
0: <laughs>
1: so the world, it's not that bad. <laughs> that's
0: right, that's right. Well, and, and probably your sensitivity um, helped in some ways. I mean, I, I'll definitely grant that, that like, I mean, clearly if you were top of the class, so to speak, in the tasting, that's, you know, you are a sensitive taster. You're somebody with a very... Uh, very good palate in terms of identifying those things. And I, and I know that will definitely help in terms of whatever it is that you are going to do. Oh boy, my cat is here now. So (laughs) hold on a second. No,
1: but it's also, you know, it's also, um, you know, we don't taste with our palettes really anymore. You you know, we don't talk about texture. We, you know, and I think it's really important to put wine inside your palate and, you know, for me, when I taste a wine, when, when, when somebody applies to come to the fair um, and send me samples, and I get, I get a lot of samples, um, what's, I put the wine in my palate and I listen to the wine. You know, I don't really care where it's from. I don't really care who made it and how it's made. This, this comes later. But I, I put a wine in my palate and I, and I look for terroir. I look for authenticity. I look for texture. Um, I look for you know is is the wine filling up my whole palate is is it a donut is it you know and all of these are, are are you know from a quite a classic training but you know i i look i look for the balance the length the intensity the complexity you know and all of these are are literally what what the mw was about you know yeah. um and and so it's it, i think it's important it's not just about you know tasting the wine okay here are the flavors um how do i like it does it look pretty you you know there's because people spend a lot of time crafting that wine you know from the farming to the winemaking I mean you you know better than me um and I think it it's important to taste to taste the wine properly once you know I mean I don't you know if you give me a glass of wine I'll just spend that like two or three minutes getting to know the wine and thinking about it and stuff and then that's it you know I've got the wine in my head and, and and that's that but but thinking about the, the the terroir the texture the viticulture you can taste viticulture you know if you're if you're really thinking about the wine from a technical perspective but also from a central perspective you know you 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 can pick up on viticulture and for me that's really important you know is has there been any careful viticulture in that wine can i taste the terroir can i taste the complexity the intensity the authenticity or or, or not you know because you can taste all these things
0: yeah yeah no i i definitely I, I I'll i drop it <laughs> um, <laughs> no it's I, I just wanted to get your thoughts so I appreciate that thank you oh, I, yeah,
1: yeah, well, he, he, well here they
0: are <laughs> exactly no it's great I really <laughs> appreciate it um well I want to talk you know obviously about raw um, and I I want to say just uh, I love that you require applications and that people su- submit actual you know chemical analysis of their wines uh, for Entry, um, and and part of the reason I re- I really love that is I've realized how serious a problem lying is in the natural world. Or maybe I should ask the question of that: Have you encountered that as much as I have? Um, or you know, like I said, natural washing, uh, but really, like people who allow themselves to be carried along on the natural wine tide, so to speak, but absolutely are not working with organic fruit, like just straight up conventional vineyards. Uh, and and great, so they don't you know they just do a wild fermentation but you know that's where that's where i guess natural wine has come to in some places like if you can say oh yeah i don't add yeast or whatever then great you're part you know mm-hmm. or whatever it is sometimes it's just being sort of blessed by the right people uh in the right you know in the right circles to say oh yeah you're one of us and then yeah you know, you, you get in and, uh, and then you basically get a pass on whatever you do, as long as it doesn't cross like certain lines, like adding yeast or something like that, you know, which I think is the um, least, the uh, least you could do.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, it, look, uh, I'm, our, you know, our system is not foolproof. I'm sure there are people, you know, who, who come to the fair, who, who, you know, who lie or who use non-organic fruit, um, you know, I think it's very hard, you know, you know, because you can't really, there's certain things you can't test for anyway from, from a, you know, a physical perspective, even if you send it to the lab and spend, you know, hundreds of dollars, you might not be, you can't really, at the moment you can't really test for a natural wine. Um, But what we do is, um, so ask for analysis, people fill in a questionnaire, I taste the wines and then, uh, you know, actually the most efficient is to talk to people in the community, neighbors. So I ask for names of people, you know, who know them, who, who are already pouring at raw. Um, and then by using all these, all these methods, you, you sort of, you know, you do, you do the best you can, but at least we do it. You know, I, I, you know, I know, I know a lot of, a lot of fairs don't, don't do that. And, and, and when I see sometimes I've seen analysis of people who are pouring at other fairs and I know that they're like their sulfide totals are off, off the chart, you know, they are, Above a hundred and you know parts per million, or which is which is fine. But I think you know at least at least we we you know I try and and do and do the best I can um, to to get a, a selection of growers that I think are you know are who they say they are. Uh, but it's not you know, no system is foolproof. You know we're, we're dealing with uh, human beings, so. <laughs>
0: yes yes you know yes.
1: people lie um that, that's true but also you know the, the other important thing is 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 people are on a on a journey and you know because i i often get criticized for 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 having a um a limit of of um 70 ppm across all all wine styles in terms of s- total sulfites that's the only additive that we 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 allow um but for me, you know, it it is a journey, and I, and I don't think everybody should be making sulfite free wines because not everybody wants to or is prepared or can do it. Uh, because again, I, I think that's you know, it's a, it's a mental hot, hot hot place. You know, you have to you have to really want to go down that route. Um, and I think it's okay if you want to add a little bit of sulfites. You know, if you're a brilliant farmer, but you actually want to make wines with with sulfites, but you're happy to declare how many sulfites have been added. Um, I think there's a there's a place for people like that, you know, because for me, like I said, farming is is the most important. The key is to be transparent about the winemaking, so people know exactly. Okay, um, you know, there's been this amount of sulfites used in the wine. This is it something that I I want to taste or, or buy. Then that's that that's a different that's a different decision. But I find that people who, particularly when you, when you look at countries like I don't know, like um, the Czech Republic or Slovakia or even Austria or, or Germany, which traditionally, you know, for example, sulfite usage was was quite, you know, it's it's quite a it's quite a cultural phenomenon to use elevated levels of sulfites, and I find that you know people need to be in a place where they can taste, you know, the wines, different wines, wines made with lower levels of sulfites, where they can meet buyers. And over time, you know, over the course of one, two, three, four, five years, you know, people really, really reduce levels. Um, and I think that's really important to, to, to accompany people in that journey, because that's our job. You know, I mean, for me, I see myself as, as, as for raw Wine is a, is a place where people can meet like minded people, exchange ideas, learn together, grow together, meet, you know, make business connections, sell more wines. You know, and get more yeah. confident and, and better farmer, and 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 in a way, you know, a more confident, you know, winemaker. But that takes time. You know, I mean, you only get a shot at it once a year, so I think it's it's important to um to bear that in mind. Um, so so yeah, so that's why for, for, for me it's it's important that raw wine is is a place where, you know, we welcome growers are on that journey. You know, people who are really established, been making a natural wine for 400 years, like, you know, Domaine Le Puy in Bordeaux or, or somebody who started two or three years ago when actually they're just finding their feet and, and they need to sell their wines. Because if you don't sell your wine, you don't have a business. And if you don't have a business, you can't grow, you can't learn, you can't get better. So,
0: Yeah, thank you. No, that's great. I I, I love the idea of the fact that we're all in a journey. It is, uh, you know, it's funny, I, I look back at some of the episodes that I started recording three years ago and I'm like, Oh wow. You know, I, I'm a totally different person (laughs) with totally different ideas. And, and uh, it's like almost hard to remember where I was back then. And now I'm like very adamant about where I am now. And, and I have to, you know, it's a good reminder to go back, to have these things on record to, to, to know, I was a very different person not too long ago. And I, I have to be humble about that. You know, I've, I've learned a lot and changed a lot and, and, grown and incorporated new information as I've gone along. And it's, you know, hopefully just, you know, keeping that, ch- keeping that thinking evolving and adapting and learning is, is part of the, part of the whole process. Um,
1: and also not to forget that we're all in the same boat, you know, because this is what really I find difficult to, to get my head around is, is this, these different factions of, you know, we are really hardcore natty and it's going to be, you know, just pure grape juice and, and nothing else. Um yeah. Well, you know, at the end of the day, we're we're the citizens of this global planet, uh, and we're in a, we're in big problems. You know, the, the 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 environment is is not doing great, and we have these these huge issues that we're facing. Um, and really, we should be focusing on on trying to con- to convert all farmland. But you know, we're in the wine industry, so for me, you know, I want to see all vineyards being tra- being being converted to organic farming. This is how we can help with pollution with sequesting more carbon because if you if you stop plowing and if you if you stop tilling and if you just keep keep cover crop you know you, you keep the carbon um in, in 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 the soil so that's obviously really you know really important um this is you know we the, the reason why you know we i do what i do and and why i you know in a way I, you know for me raw wine is so important is that we we're creating markets we're getting people to understand more about organic farming natural wine getting people to drink more and more of these wines. So we're growing a segment, which means we're helping growers convert more vineyard area or maybe buy more fruits that they can help convert to organic because that's the other thing. like, for example, you talk about California, but, you know, a a young grower starting or young maker, they might buy um, conventional fruits to start with. And then they build that relationship with, with the farmer. And then over time, they convert to organic. That's important. you know that needs to be supported because that's a very important part of of, of, of the work that needs to ha- to happen. Um, if you just only buy wine that is you know completely natural and made from organic farming because you know the farmer is, is is great and decided that that was the way forward, that's brilliant. but there's also you know there's also that gray area in the middle where, where we have to all work together to try and 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 you know improve improve farming globally um, you know so that's that's also really important and that's why you know we can we can change things you know i always say one glass at a time but it's true you we, you know as 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 we grow and as you convert more and more people to drinking you know wines made from organic grapes and made as naturally as possible then 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 you are in contribution to the environment and to, to the global crisis
0: uh, let me ask you more about raw i I'm. I love attending festivals as a drinker, but mm. as a producer, I've like as a small producer, especially it's become. You know, I, I've started looking at the finances of it, and it's very difficult for me to justify it. Can you talk about you know how how is what are the benefits to somebody attending raw who who does it benefit most and, I mean, <laughs> well,
1: you should ask is that to come but I think the way I see it and and from from the feedback I've had you know it's uh, a raw, raw raw wine is is a place of business um, primarily so uh-huh. it's a place where you meet distributors and importers attending from I mean you know so typically if we are in California or New York or Montreal or you know, you you we have buyers who who will attend from from all corners of of, of the states. Um, so importers, distributors, we have um, you know shops, restaurants, bars attending. So it's it's a it's a good place to get well, you know, to grow to grow your your, your business. I mean, a lot of growers, for example, even in California, have said to me that, you know, thanks to, to Raw, they've been able to grow, they've been able to find new markets, they've been able to sell more wine, and therefore, you know, start producing a little bit more wine every year. Um, and then you also meet members of the public. And I think, for me, you know, from the beginning, I've always been really clear that we need to engage with with the wine drinkers, it's really, really important, because they're the wines buying the, they're the ones buying the wines, they're the one who've, who've driven the natural wine movement, you know, it's not the wine industry. I mean, yes, yeah. we have a few key importers who've been there for 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 a long time and who've done amazing work, but really, fundamentally, on a on a global scale, who's been dri- driving this change? You know, is the person who's, who's spending 25, 30, 40 bucks on a bottle of wine, and so, and it's really important that they get to meet you and that they get to taste the wine and that you can, in a way, you can build, you know, uh, brand loyalty because. You know, they, they they it's 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 them who will go to the shop or to the restaurant and and ask for your wine. Um, so, you know, I think I think being part of raw is is I mean as as been it's it's also about I guess bu- yeah it's it's building your 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 brand it's it's a marketing exercise it's um, you know a lot of growers have had have found importers. In places where they haven't even exhibited, just because they were on the website, because we get about fifty thousand users a month uh, on our website, like unique users, people looking for growers, finding out about the growers, the information, because you know we we, we have a very complete database of of growers and their wines and, 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 and you know, that, that's kind of, you way that's the sort of like the, the part that no one really talks about, but over the years, you know, we've, I mean, I've rebuilt the website three times and I'm rebuilding it a fourth time at the moment. Wow!
0: Um,
1: <laughs> it's a huge, it's actually a huge website. Uh, even yes. If it's, yes. <laughs> I, it's I've got like it um and well, there's so, a back
0: end there's a front end i mean there's the the user interface but then there's like the admin side where you know producers have accounts and have to you know maintain their accounts and submit reports yeah, yeah, yeah. And a, you
1: know i have a, a team of two and a half people who are just like web developers right Who are on the website every, every day two and a half people yeah um, so you know it's it's um so, but it has a huge benefit because it's, you know, it's a big source of information. And and then I know that a lot of people use it, you know, on a daily basis for training, to find new wines, new wineries. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I think, I think, um, I think there's, this huge, you know. What,
0: what is and that really website? Benefits. Could you mention the website for people to...
1: Rawwine.com, raw um, R-A-W-W-I-N-E.com.
0: All right. Raw. Beautiful.
1: Yeah. So yeah, and and it's a fun event, and it's a community event. You know, it's it's a uh, raw wine when you, when you when we come to LA or New York or you know we we meet so many familiar faces, and I think it's good for the growers who you know somebody who's in Spain who maybe might go to a couple of fairs a year. It's amazing that they can come to New York or LA and meet all the customers, um, talk to them about the vintage and so on. Because not not everybody uh, can travel to Spain, or not everybody can travel to. Israel or, or even parts of California, you know, I think it's just a really efficient, convenient place where you can yeah. just come in and taste hundreds of wines, basically, in, in one or two days.
0: I'm laughing. There are parts of California I can't travel to. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, so you should
1: definitely pour out raw, um, Adam.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you, I, I mean, just from, a, a like, so... How how big of a logistical challenge is it? Do you have to maintain different licenses in each city where you do RAW? Like, are you...
1: you know, we use, uh, I mean, you know, in terms of um, alcohol licensing, you know, we, we use local partners.
0: Okay, uh, yeah.
1: Uh, you know, I, and lo- a lot of local partners. I mean, I have, you know, I have a, in the office, it's one, two, three, four and a half. Uh, I've got four, it's four and a half, like four people and, and somebody, well... Or 4 full time and then a few part timers yeah editorial and and, and and so on so you know it takes a year to organize an event yeah like from you know venue coordination you know the, the working with growers and getting all the all, all the paperwork all the information and everything and you know basically yes it takes uh, it takes 12 months and then we have we work a lot with with local partners for logistics stuff and and so yeah. on but i mean you know, we've been it's like now this is my 11th year i don't I know how many events you know I've, I've organized um probably i don't know 30 40 50 I, I i should i should count them um and you know initially it was literally two of us doing everything including washing glasses overnight and you know i mean we've, we've, we 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 i've done everything um now we do we do a bit more and and i've I have an amazing team so it's it's a bit more manageable um but it's yeah it's great i mean it's you know, organizing events is always fun. You know, from the venue pulling from under your feet two weeks before the event to you know with, <laughs> from the glasses not turning up, when well, we have to hire a truck and cross cross two countries to go and pick up glasses. I mean, you know, we've we've, we've kind of had it all.
0: <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah, or,
1: uh, without knowing or, or samples regularly getting stuck in in the in the US, you know, at the airport until literally the morning of the event. You know, this, you know. A, <laughs> Yeah. You get a lot of a lot of white hair when you uh, when you work in the
0: <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's funny. I I just remember hearing I was at a conference recently where, you know, some folks from Europe came to came here and, you know, to get some like a case of wine through customs, somebody just had to sit there for like, you know, ten hours. Like spent their yeah. day just waiting to pr- be processed through customs. Yeah.
1: Um, Particularly uh, recently, I mean, you know, it used to be a lot easier, but um over the past two or three years has become quite tricky
0: yeah and over the past two or three years you've you've sort of had to pivot you created a whole online portal for for supporting and a club as well is that is that correct was that in response yeah. to the pandemic or was that always part of what you were heading towards
1: no I mean to be honest it is it is something that I've always wanted to do and, to, and and I should have I should really you know I mean hindsight is obviously a beautiful thing I should have done it 10 years ago uh, open a, a <laughs> and a and club because everybody was saying to me you need to we want to buy wine and blah 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 but they were so caught up in making raw wine work you know um and developing it as a as a as, as a business that has that is sustainable um I just had no headspace whatsoever for, for for just you know doing anything else and then obviously the pandemic you know arrived and then you know I was without without income for for well over two years, but I still kept all my team. Um, and so we, I just thought, well, this is the time to, 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 to do all these things. And and so we did Yeah, the wine shop and then the club, um, and then this online conference called alive, that was amazing. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. where we, I had like the most incredible lineup of speakers. It was all about the vines and the plants and how they're intelligent and how they communicate and how they feel. Um, but in a way, I think it was, it was amazing, um, on, on many levels, but I think it was a little bit, maybe too out there. Um, you know, it was not as successful as I was hoping, not from a content perspective, but in terms of audience. Um, so that's why I I stopped doing it, but yeah, we had a lot of fun for two years. You know, I I had, um, my partner and I had a baby during the pandemic, um, so in a way that get, also gave me a little bit of space to, you know, spend time with my daughter rather than being always on the road, which is normally what, what I do. Uh, so the yeah. pandemic was, you know, was, was a full on, <laughs> full on two years for us.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: For sure. yeah. yeah. Maybe I should, in, you know, in retrospect, I should have probably just taken two years out like everybody did, but no one is going to come back on, you know, right. So yeah, you never know. It's very hard yeah. to plan
0: it was a hopefully a once in a lifetime opportunity um <laughs> hopefully hopefully <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I've heard, uh this is you know maybe a, a a weird question to bring up near the end but i've i've heard you mention something i feel like i should do a whole episode on but the the cost that goes into a bottle of wine pricing and what what really like what uh, wine should how how much we should charge for a bottle of wine i uh, i'm realizing the economics are you know pretty pretty stark from a producer's standpoint but i have heard you mention this a couple of times I wonder if you had any thoughts on that
1: yeah I think you know fair prices it, it, fair pricing is a very important conversation um and I think um particularly when you end up like in the u s you know where there are a lot of you know there's a lot of add-ons right from from, from the from the time you you you, yeah. um, you you ship your bottle you know between th- obviously the the cost of, of dry goods now that's increasing massively the yeah. bottles and so and so on to transport, which is also a big problem to then various importers and distributors and retail margins and and, and so on um, and I think that is something which is really important to bear in mind is is that when you you know you can't produce a great wine that looks after the you know the environment and its people because the people are are part of the landscape and if you if you if you support an ethical business, that business will look after its people and that has a cost and so expecting to pay you know like in europe some people w- routinely will pay i don't know f- half a euro for a liter of wine right like excellent pricing i mean that doesn't add right. up right. so I, th- I think i think you know buying a, a bottle of wine for for a few a few dollars um regardless of where it comes from um it means it has been compromised along the way and and which is fine you know and and i think that's that's part of our decision but um something which is produced in small scale that is produced from grapes that are farmed well uh, with an ethical uh, mindset you know will, yeah. will 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 cost more than you know 20 dollars a bottle for sure um and, and 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 fair pricing is is a very important conversation for sure and labor you know even in california you've got the, the issue of, of i'm sure um you know cheaper oh, yeah. and so oh yeah so yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> i think i think pricing is a, you know don't don't kid yourself that if you if you pay i don't i mean how much how much is the cheapest bottle of wine in, in the us i mean can you get something uh, like under 10 dollars i guess you can
0: i mean you can it's you know it will not be you know <clears throat> it, i mean trader joe's here is full of under 10 dollar bottles um mm. but yeah i mean they're they're what you'd expect you know they're mass produced you know sort of Whatever, you know. Just yeah, ask, and that's, that's
1: fine wine. because not everybody has twenty five bucks to spend on a bottle of wine and, and I think we should you know, that that could be fine. But I think I think we just need to be aware that of, of the cost to the environment and to the workers um of of, 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 yeah. of that. That's why I always say, you know, just drink a little bit less. Just drink a little bit better. Yeah, okay.
0: drink a little less. Drink a little better. I love that. That's probably a good. Uh, I mean, we're in January. There's probably a lot of people drinking a little bit less um, <laughs> this month. <laughs> uh, well, mm. any any final thoughts? I mean, just you know, I you know, really, I I want to say, like, I really enjoy your book. And anybody who wants to learn about natural wine should start with your book. Like, it's just such a great. Uh, intro as well as dive diving deep into some of the topics and and just like I said, starting with the farming first perspective, I think is very important and and it's a that's another reason as a great intro to natural wine to start with your book. Um, so that thank you for writing that book and 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 well done and and yeah, thank you. All recommendations go out for that.
1: <laughs> you know, I think I think I think what's in, what's important is 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 to remember that. After all of this, you know, wine is really meant to be, you know, it's, it's just a very simple product. You know, I mean, it is an extraordinary product in that I think grape has this amazing capacity to translate the place where it's from. Um, and, and that's, you know, not, not very many fruits, you know, have that capacity. And I think that, that's which is why wine, wine has captivated so many you know so many imaginations and and has become such an intellectual product but i think at the end of the day it's, it's really worth remembering that that wine is also a you know a, a a simple beverage um and sometimes just needs to be drunk as as such you know and 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 drinking with drinking with our heart and our and our stomach um and yeah because i i just think that this whole you know i, I I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think we need to be too divisive. Or, or I, I would never say don't don't ever drink anything else or whatever because these are all, all personal choices. But you know, remember that that wine should just bring a lot of simple but complex pleasures. You know that that's the beauty of of, of wine is is when it's when it's made with respect for 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 the microbiology both in the vineyard and and and, and in the cellar. Is just incredible because it's alive. It speaks to you, and 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 it's a such a great connection to to, to nature. It really is, um, and that's why I love I love it so much. You know, for, for for me, it is it really encapsulates everything that I love about nature. Is 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 all the elements are so much greater. Uh, you know, when they're put together, there is this harmony. There is this exquisite magic that happens in 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 the glass and that's only possible because because of so many different diversity of elements you know that've played a role in, in in making it happen um yeah. so yeah it's just it's 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 a very simple pleasure but it brings so much emotion um when you just let it um, and that's why i love i love natural wine you know because it has it it has all all of that it is really that pure connection with with the vegetal with with the vines, with the grapes, with with the soil that enabled it and and it, it's um, it's just a gorgeous translation of of what nature is capable of.
0: Yeah thanks, that's beautiful. yeah, I, I owe wine for reconnecting me to the wonder of nature as well and and I mean that's why I do a lot of what I do as well. I think that that connection is extremely important to me and and I think much needed so thank you for saying that and thank you mm. for doing this thanks it's been great talking with you i really appreciate it
1: oh uh, it's my pleasure well thank you for you know hosting the, the 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 podcast and 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 doing what you do because you know it's it's not easy and it's it takes a lot of work to be that consistent and ha- you know because you've been doing it for three years i mean that's uh that's pretty incredible
0: well, yeah done. yeah this mm. is the four- going into the fourth year now it's, <laughs> it's oh. yeah yeah thanks. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And if you did and would like to support this podcast, please do. There is a Patreon link in the show notes where you can subscribe with a monthly, very low subscription to add monetary support, or please subscribe on your feed, whatever, wherever you listen to this podcast, subscribe and follow this podcast so that you will automatically download it when each new episode comes out. That's one of the few metrics that, we can measure to see the support and and listenership of this and otherwise if you're already listening subscribe support whatever uh just a long-time listener haven't done anything please uh, do a review if you would any positive review with five stars and a nice word <laughs> is fantastic and helpful and uh really improves the algorithmic performance of this podcast so thank you so much